0: What's up, Food History Nerds? I'm Celine Roberts, and you're listening to 5 Minutes in Food History. This week, we pick up with the second installment in our series about Isley's, a much-beloved chain of dairies and restaurants that once had locations all over Pittsburgh. Brian Butko, historian and author of Klondike's Chipped Ham and Skyscraper Cones, The Story of Isley's, is back this week to talk about the phenomenon of the Klondike Bar. people who know about Isley's know about is the Klondike bar. I was wondering if you could give us some some dates and facts on, on ice cream.
1: <laughs> well the funny thing about Isley's and their products is Pittsburghers embrace them as their own and yet much of the Isley story and their products come out of Ohio which Pittsburghers tend to conveniently gloss over and I think it's because Isley's after they uh, were expanding through Ohio for uh, a couple decades. They moved to Pittsburgh and that really became their largest branch, their most modern branch. They had already learned a lot of lessons. Uh, The earliest mention of Klondike is in a 1922 uh, Youngstown news article that said Chester Isley had given several dozen bars to the newspaper staff. But what most people find interesting about these these are, um, well, they had vanilla and chocolate, which is normal. Uh, they had strawberry, a little bit off track. Cherry, kind of unique. A maple, which makes sense that a lot of the flavors of ice cream back then tended to be more towards fruit and nuts. Uh, but the grape Klondike is what tends to fascinate people nowadays. Yes, and I can't imagine a chocolate-coated grape, although I think we've come full circle that uh, we've spent a large part of the 20th century mainstreaming all those flavors, and now the company that owns Klondike, they're back to introducing a wacky flavor every single year. So I think this year was Rocky Road. The story of Ice Cream and Isley's Dairy Stores goes hand-in-hand because... When Isley's starts, ice cream at the turn of the 20th century was a novelty. It was sold by street vendors, not really trusted, and the ice cream cone was pretty new. And so Isley's going to ice cream, they also were selling packed ice cream, putting it in a little container. At first, you could only eat it right there because people had... Ice boxes at home but eventually electrical refrigeration came and in the 1920s and 30s it was a big boost to selling ice cream but again by the 50s um, refrigerators were so big and people were buying their ice cream they were starting to buy it at supermarkets where you could do one-stop shopping you didn't need to go town-town feed a meter go to the butcher, baker, ice cream place. Now the supermarket, you parked, it was free, lots of spaces, you got everything at once, and you could buy a whole half gallon. Now your refrigerator was big enough to hold that. Exactly what Isley's pioneered now was hurting them. People had no need to go to Isley's. They could start buying Klondex in a six-pack at the store, and um, Isley's was famous for having pink centers in their clondicks. You're eating a clondick at Isley's, you're at the store, you get a pink center one, that means you get a free one. Now you or your friend get one. Eventually, they found that the uh, workers were picking back the foil and peeking in and they would save the pink ones for their friends or the pretty girls. And so I always find at my talks, uh, the older folks who come in and a few of the women will say like, Oh, yeah, I would, I would get a pink Klondike off. And I said, well, you can thank the clerk behind the counter. They thought you were one of the pretty girls. Well, Isley started using little slips of paper to uh, put in there. And eventually they just did away with it because people are buying their Klondikes in the grocery store or even at the store. They're taking that six-pack home. They don't want to drive five miles back to the plant at the Boulevard of the Allies to get their free Klondike. So again, I think it would be wonderful if Isley's stores could be revived. I think we all miss that human touch, but it's really hard now. We all want that breakfast bar in the morning, and uh, Klondike, people complain Klondike's are too small now. People would tell me they would eat two or three Klondike's a day. Now I hear people nowadays tell me they break it into four pieces because... We are all watching our weight now. We can reminisce about it, but ultimately it's no mistake that places like McDonald's sell ornaments of their golden arch places. But when it comes to the location, they need to crank out a thousand burgers an hour or whatever, and nostalgia is reserved for a collector's plate or a little Christmas ornament. And so unfortunately, it's the same with Isley's and ice cream that what once was their Main product. Now there's no need to go to an Isley's. And so the company that bought Isley's, I see they're selling their ice cream at a PNC Park. And that almost makes sense. The brand, the Isley's name, still has value, but it's almost a treat at the most Pittsburgh of things at a Pirates game. There you are you want your double Pittsburgh.
0: For five more minutes in food history, visit www.pghcitypaper.com or subscribe to City Paper Podcasts in iTunes. Head there to listen to the first episode in our Isley series. Until next time, go make some history of your own.